Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. If you have your Bibles today, I'm going to ask you to join me in the book of 1 Kings chapter 22. I'm going to begin reading with verse number 5. Yesterday, as I began to prepare for this service, to make final preparations for this service yesterday morning, everything I had been working on, the cake fell. And uh, all of a sudden, it just made no sense, and it didn't feel right. And I have tried to be sensitive to the Lord in times like that. And so I just put everything away, and I said, Lord, direct me to where we're supposed to be. This felt right up until now but I need you to direct me. And the Lord just shifted things, and this is where we are today. And I really feel like God has given me a word for this church for this moment. The book of 1 Kings chapter 22 and verse number 5. This is a conversation, I'll just say this, this is a conversation we're going to kind of listen in on of two kings, one by the name of Jehoshaphat, the other by the name of Ahab. And the Bible says, And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, which is Ahab, He said, inquire, I pray thee at the word of the Lord. I pray thee at the word of the Lord today. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, 400 men. And he said unto them, shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle or shall I forbear? And they said, go up for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we may inquire of him? So, I mean, Ahab has been said, uh, you know, let's inquire of the Lord. And so Ahab calls 400 prophets. That's quite a gathering. And they say, shall we go up to Ramoth Gilead to battle? And in unison, like a mass choir, they said, go up. The Lord is with thee. Something didn't smell right about this. And Jehoshaphat said, Is there not a prophet here besides, besides these, that we may inquire of him? And the king of Israel, Ahab, said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. Now there's somebody here. There's somebody else we can ask. Just got one little problem. I hate him. I hate him, for he doth not prophesy concerning me. He does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. Jehoshaphat said, you ought not talk like that. Then said the king of Israel, call an officer. And he said, hasten hither Micaiah, the son of Imlah. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning from this thought, the voice of one. The voice of one. Is there not another, he said? Is there not another? He said, there is yet one man. There is yet one man. And I want to preach about the voice of one. God bless you, and you can be seated. 
You see, just because something is joined together, just because something is united, it doesn't mean it's unified. You can have things together that are not unified because they don't belong together. And such is the case in our passage here today. We have two men's lives, two kings that are talking about the same thing. But there's something unequal in the yoke between these two men. There's something that's wrong. And uh, in this passage, we're introduced to a, a godly man by the name of Jehoshaphat, who was, by the way, the king of Judah. It said of Jehoshaphat that he followed the way of David and he sought to please the Lord. It was in his heart to be a good leader. It was in his heart to do what was right. It was in his heart to follow after the path and the pattern that had been set before him in the life of David. But invariably, as it can happen in life, even though he was a good king and even though he was a godly leader, he compromised some things in his life and he compromised some things in his family. He married his son to the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. And now, if you know anything about Ahab and Jezebel, then you know nothing good can come from Ahab and Jezebel. And so here is a man, Jehoshaphat, that is a good man, a godly man, an esteemed man, but somewhere he allowed some compromises and he said, this will be okay. And now he is allies. He is allies with something that, that he has no business being a part of. And we could ponder that and we could judge that if we want to. We can, uh, we can shake our finger and we can look down our nose, but in doing so, we're going to forget the words of Job 32. It's here, Job said, great men are not always wise. And how true that is. We've watched great people through the years sometimes make decisions that leave you wondering what in the world happened. It's because great men are not always wise. We have the ability to make wrong decisions and turn the wrong direction. Amen. But God, God knows what we need. And so there's little doubt, I believe, that Ahab, he was such a godless man well, he was enjoying the company of Jehoshaphat to have somebody around him. You know, bad people generally want somebody good to be around them because it brings them up a little bit, or at least in their mind. And so I believe that was the case here, that Ahab is asking, should we, you think I should go into battle? Think this is what we should do? And so he summons these prophets to come. 400 strong, these voices came. Amen. They, they came. But you see, he was trying to get everything his way and he was trying to massage the situation to work out for his best because one thing Ahab was afraid of and that's the truth. He didn't want a true voice. He just wanted somebody to tell him what he wanted to hear. Amen. But God always has a true voice. God always has a true voice and this instance is no different. The prophet Micaiah was called and Micaiah was an honorable man and, and uh, he was an honorable man. He was an humble man but inside his chest beat the heart of a heart like that of Elijah, a man who was bold and courageous, but again, he was a man wrapped in flesh. Micaiah was a man who knew the mind of God, and so the king sent his messenger to get him, and he said, I want you to bring Micaiah and let him come, and let him bring a word of prophecy. Now, despite having the heart of a warrior, and despite uh, despite the fact that he was a man after God's own heart, so to speak, we can't discount the fact that he was also human, just like you and I. 
Paul reminded the Corinthian church that we have a treasure, but we have a treasure in an earthen vessel. So we should never discount the truth that all of us, as has already been stated this morning, so many things that have been said today just confirm this message in my own heart. Amen. We should never discount the truth that all of us are subject to temptation. We are subject to error. We are subject to failure. Amen. Such was the case with Micaiah. He was a good man. He was God's man. And he was God's man in this hour. But yet he was a man horribly caught up in flesh. And so when Jehoshaphat demanded that he be called on and he be brought to give a true word from God, he, like you and I, felt the sting of that pressure, the peer pressure of those around him. I mean, he had had 400 prophets just prior to him that said, go into battle. Everything is gonna be all right. But in his heart, he knew that it wasn't right to go into battle. But that's a lot, that's a lot of pressure to be under and, and uh, a messenger was sent from the king to persuade him. Not only was a messenger sent to the, by the king to go get him and bring him, but if you read your, your scripture today, amen, you, you'll read where the messenger that went to get him was telling him what to say when they were on the way back. While they were coming back to meet the two kings, the Bible says that the messenger said, now the prophets... They have already said yes to the king and so you need to say yes as well. You just need to rubber stamp this and we'll just move right along and we'll go to Ramoth Gilead and, <clears throat> and we'll go into battle and everything will be all right. And here's what Micaiah's initial response was. He said, as surely as God lives what God says, that's what I'm gonna say. And if we could just all stand and dismiss right here, it would be a lovely, lovely thing but we gotta keep reading. Even with that mindset going in, once he got in the presence of the kings, once he got there and felt the peer pressure and the glare, amen, he momentarily broke under the pressure and he agreed with what the false prophets had said. He said, yes, I think it's okay. We'll go into battle. I think it's interesting when we read verses 11 and uh, 10 and 11 of, of chapter 22. I think it's interesting what we see here as Micaiah was being led here to the presence of these two kings. This is what he saw. He saw Ahab and Jehoshaphat. Both of them were seated on their thrones. Both of them were dressed in their royal robes and they were both sitting in front of the gates of Samaria. I mean, this was, they were set up. They were waiting for him to come. As a matter of fact, all the other prophets, those 400 prophets that had already said, let's go into battle, the Bible says that the false prophets were staging the scene. Amen. There was a little prophecy performance, if you want to call it, for their benefit. As a matter of fact, one man is even mentioned by the name of Zedekiah. The Bible says that Zedekiah had made a set of horns and uh, like horns on a bull. And he is out there hollering when he comes up. I mean, he's waving these horns around. And he said, thus saith the Lord, these horns shall gore the Syrians until there is nothing left. I mean, they're really going over the top to prove that what we said is right. Everybody got that little word picture in your mind? The kings in their royal robes, they are out by the, the gates and, and 450 or 400 prophets, uh, they're all standing there because they, they can't lose this battle. And so they all got their wares set up. I just kind of thought about this like Pioneer Day around here. Everybody's got their booth set up. This is why we can win and here's how we're gonna win it. Zedekiah's running all through the camp with some kind of horns he's got made up and he said, thus saith the Lord. I mean, you know, when you start out a sentence like that, 
Thus saith the Lord, these are the horns that's going to gore the king of the Syrians and there's going to be nothing left. And it was in that atmosphere, that's what I want you to get. It was in that atmosphere that they brought one lone man, one lone voice. The pressure must have been immense. The king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go out against Ramoth Gilead to battle or shall we, or shall we, or should we forbear? And he said, go and prosper for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. That's what he said with his lips. But I submit to you that something must have been going on in his countenance. There must have been something about his body language, something about his posture. This just didn't ring true. He said with his lips, yes, go ahead. Everything is gonna be all right. And when Ahab, Ahab pressed him further, he said, I, I need you to, don't lie to me. I need you to think about this one more time. I want to make sure that you're telling the truth. And when Ahab prodded him one more time, amen, the spirit of God awakened in him. I'm going to tell you today, if I could pause right here, that the church of this hour is under an immense amount of pressure. Amen. The church wants us to give up and conform. The, I mean, the world wants the church to give up and conform to the ways of the world. Amen. The, the, the world wants to control what's being preached from behind our pulpits in America and around the world. And if we're not careful, we can feel this pressure and succumb to that pressure. Amen. But I'm going to tell you today, whenever Ahab asked him one more time, are you you sure that this is what the word of the Lord would have us do? Something broke in his heart and something awakened in him. Amen. Okay, I began to speak what God had really revealed. He said, you know, I just need to take back that. I need you to, as they would say in a courthouse, I need you to strike that from the record. And he said, let me tell you what I saw. I saw Israel scattered all over the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And then the Lord spoke to him and said, these poor people have have nobody to lead them, nobody to guide them, nobody to tell them what to do. The kings, 450, uh, 400 prophets, they all spoke easy things. They all said what everybody wanted to hear. You just go ahead. Everything's gonna be all right. I'm gonna tell you today that the odds are woefully stacked against us if we just look at it in the natural. Amen. Pulpits everywhere are just saying, believe whatever you wanna believe. You just do whatever you wanna do. You live like you want to live and everything's going to be all right. You go your way and I'll go mine. And one of these days, we're all just going to meet on the sunny shores of heaven. But honey, let me tell you today, there is a true and a sure word of of God and we need a voice that will cry out today amen I'm telling you this morning you may think I'm alone and I have nobody besides me but I'm going to preach to you about the power of the voice of one is there somebody here this morning that will let something break in your heart and say God if you can use anything you can use me here's my hands here's my feet here's my mind here's my mouth hallelujah I'm talking about the voice of one the voice of one 
Amen. Galatians 1 and 10, Paul said, if I yet pleased men, I would not be the servant of Christ. Paul said, if I'm just out here to be a men pleaser, I cannot be a servant of Christ. I've got to preach the word of God. I've got to preach it straight. You know why? Because we're trying to get people on a straight way. We've got to preach it strong because we're trying to get people on a narrow way. And so I say, Lord, give us pulpits that are on fire. Give us ministries that are anointed of you. Amen, not somebody that just took up the Bible and went, but God, give us somebody that has had a brand of fire placed in their heart. And like Jeremiah say, it's like fire shut up in my bones. It is like something in me that is alive and I must tell it all. You see, workers of iniquity always wanna hear good things. Even though Micaiah was tempted to go along with the crowd, in time he did prove himself to be a faithful man. The faithful people of God, faithful people are never going to declare to never going to fail to declare the full counsel of the word of God. Amen. Jeremiah said something very powerful along these lines. In Jeremiah 23 and 28, he said, the prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. And he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. And so I'm going to tell you, when somebody comes to the pulpit, I'm going to thank God. I'm going to thank God that they have been given a word and I want to get on the edge of my seat. I want to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord. It doesn't matter how familiar the text. It doesn't matter how common the ground may be. I'm going to say, Lord, you have given that man or that woman a word and I want that word to be in my heart. Amen. Jeremiah said, let them speak it faithfully. The Bible plainly says that Micaiah was hated for his strong conviction. That's a strong word. He was hated Amen. He said, there is one man. There is another prophet. There is another voice. I'm pretty transparent, but I hate him. <laughs> but I hate him. Even though Jehoshaphat rebuked him for saying that, it didn't change Ahab's feelings about it. He said, you ought not say things like that about the man of God. But in Ahab's heart, he still hated Micaiah. It was interesting and very telling as to why he was hated. Ahab admitted, he said, I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me. Only thing he tells me is just bad things. I would submit to you the only thing he was telling him was truthful things. And somebody says, you know, I just don't know about that because there's words are not smooth enough. He meant Jesus Christ and his disciples disciples were hated for the very same cause because Paul said to the Roman church, the carnal mind is enmity against God. Now it's very, very easy to read that word enmity in our Bible and skip right through and, and not really get the meaning of that. Amen. But that word enmity means hostility or hatred. Amen. The carnal mind is hatred or hostility against God. And I want you to know this morning, never doubt for a moment that, that, uh, that there aren't people that wish the church would just change our position on a few things. I mean, we love the atmosphere. We love the music. We love the singing. Everybody's so friendly. Amen, we just love what we feel when we come here. But if you could just tone it down a little bit. Amen, if you could just tone it down a little bit. Amen, they're not talking about the PA. Amen, they're talking about the message because truth can get in the way. Truth has a way of getting in the way. Amen, Ahab said, I hate him 
him because he tells me the truth. I hate him because he won't tell me what I want him to hear. I'm going to tell you this morning, if we would just open the doors and say we're going to tickle everybody's ear and we're going to tickle everybody's fancy that walks through, it would be standing room only this morning. But you see, that's not what's going to get us to heaven. It's going to take the truth of God's word. It's going to take the truth of his word. I say, Lord, help somebody to walk to this pulpit and let them be anointed with a brand of iron, a brand of truth, a truth that will preach me to heaven, a a truth that will preach me out of hell, a truth, God, that will break the power of chain, a truth that will break corruption out of my life. Help me, Lord, to have somebody to preach to me the truth of your word, the truth of your word. Praise God. John, John said, everyone that doth evil hates light. Thank God for the voice of one. Is there not one left? Is there not one? Well, yeah, there's that one. But I hate him. Well, let's call for that voice of one and let's see what he has to say. Amen. Let's call for that voice of one, that voice that was willing to stand, that voice that was willing to speak the truth. McKay, I wasn't through. Amen. He didn't just speak what the Lord said. Amen. He didn't just speak what the Lord said, rather, in that one verse about they were scattered and they had no leader and they had no one to guide them or they had no one to tell them the truth. But Micaiah, well, he was already flowing now. And in verse number 23, he said, and furthermore, the Lord has put a lion spirit in the mouth of all these prophets. Amen, I'm gonna tell you, he got, he got over his intimidation, didn't he? I mean, a moment ago, he was having a little bit of trouble speaking the truth, but once it started coming out, he said, this is what the Lord said. Amen, and furthermore, he put a lion spirit in all those 400 mouths. Amen, he put a lion spirit. And that was, boy, don't you know, that stirred up the crowd. I mean, there was a rumble in the crowd. There was only one, man, Zedekiah, he was so provoked by what by what Micaiah had said that the Bible says in verse number 24 that Zedekiah got up and he slapped him, he slapped him on the cheek, he smote him on the cheek, he slapped him in the face, that's what he said, amen, but one writer said smiting the speaker is not going to break the teeth of the truth, amen, you can get up and say quiet down, amen, you can get up, you can turn this microphone off if you want to, you can pull the main switch and you can silence the voice of the speaker but you can't pull the truth the teeth of truth this morning and I say Lord help me today I don't want to silence the voice of the speaker I need the truth I need the voice of one if there's just one they need your voice if there's just one they need your voice if you are the only one they need your voice you may have a lost loved one you may have lost children amen don't stop now they need the voice of one amen you may be the only one but don't silence don't let the devil stop you because this world needs the voice of one the voice of one praise God amen they didn't just reject this truth you know it'd be one thing if Ahab had asked the musicians to come give an altar call no 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 they didn't just reject this truth But Ahab stood up and said, in verse 27, I want you to take this man and put him in prison. He said, I want you to feed him with the bread and the water of affliction. That's what your Bible says. Feed him with the bread and the water of affliction until I return in peace. Now, how arrogant. 
How arrogant the man of God got up and said, amen, the people are scattered like sheep and they have no leader and God has put a lying spirit in the voice of all of these prophets and, and Ahaz was so infuriated by that. He said, we're gonna lock this man up in prison and we're gonna give him just enough to eat and drink to sustain him, but I'm gonna come back in peace. Amen, then the king said, I don't want him giving any night nourishment, amen, until I return in peace. You need to remember that phrase. The man of God became the enemy of this self-seeking king for one reason, and that was because he spoke the truth. I'm gonna tell you this morning, I don't want, I don't want any, I don't have any sad stories to tell you, but I have got some truth to tell you. There's a lot of people that don't want me in their life because I tell the truth. There's a lot of people that want a little bit of distance between you and them because you're gonna tell the truth. They love you, but they love you from a distance. They love you, but they love you over there because your righteousness reveals their unrighteousness. And I'm not talking about self-righteous. I'm not talking about holier than thou. I'm not talking about pedestals and getting up and claiming to be more than we are. But I'm gonna tell you, amen, there's a lot of people when you walk in the room, the righteousness of God in your life stirs up the unrighteous spirit in them. Amen, I say, Lord, help us to be a soul winner. Amen, help us to be a light. The Bible called us a city set on a hill. Don't don't hush. Amen, don't put your hand over your mouth. Don't put your fingers in your ears. Don't let the enemy silence you. The voice of one is too important. Amen. The voice of one is too important. I will tell you today, you can bind the servant of God, but you can't bind the word of God. The word spirit is like the wind. You can't bind the spirit. John 3, 8 said, like the wind, it blows where it listeth, it blows where it wants to. So, so what became of this prophecy? The king had ordered to be locked up until he returned from battle. He said that he was gonna return in peace. To that, the prophet said, he done got bold. He said, you take him and lock him up and you feed him the bread and water of affliction until I return in peace. And Micaiah heard what he said and he said, if thou return at all in peace, then the Lord hadn't even spoken to me. Well, you're talking about drawing lines in the sand now. If you come back in peace, then I'm a false prophet. That's what he was saying. If you come back at all, I'm a false prophet. Now in 1 Kings 22 and 37, the scripture just simply says, and the king died. So in a way, I guess he did come back in peace. <laughs> come back very quiet. The king's unbelief could not make the word of God null and void. His threats couldn't rub it out. And this story has one of the most unique endings of all time. And I'm gonna read a lot of scripture, so we've got it for you on the screen. 1 Kings 22 and 30, and the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go into battle. And I'm going to disguise myself and enter into the battle. But here's a plan. Put thou on thy robes. And the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. And the king of Syria, that's who they're fighting against, the king of Syria commanded his 30 and two captains that had rule over his chariots. He said, fight with small nor great just save of the, for the king or of the king of Israel. I mean, you, you don't get caught up in too much. We're after one person. 
So don't get out here and get involved in a lot of riffraff. We're going into battle. There's going to be a lot of people out there fighting, but we're after one. You just remember that. We're after one. And it came to pass when the captains of the chariot saw Jehoshaphat because he was dressed in his robes, remember? They said, surely this is the king of Israel. And, and they turned aside to fight against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out, I'm not them. I'm not, I'm not the man you're looking for. And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots perceived that it was not the king of Israel, that it was not Ahab, they turned back from pursuing Jehoshaphat. But all the while, God's got this in his hand. In verse number 34, the Bible says, and a certain man, a nameless and faceless figure, a certain man drew a bow at venture and smote the king between the joints of his harness. Wherefore, he said unto the driver of his chariot, Turn thy hand and carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. Amen. They got Jehoshaphat, got them off of him, and finally they saw Ahab and, 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 and how we're going to do this. And just a man, just an unknown man, he just drew back his bow and he shot it at random, at venture. But it was anything but random because when that bow left that string, God's finger was on the end of it and it guided it right to the joint and the harness, amen. And he was, he was wounded that day and the battle increased and the Bible says, and the king stayed. He stayed up in his chariot. If you study that out, that means that they propped him up, amen, because you, the last thing you wanna see is your leader defeated. And so he just said, get out of the battle. Get out of the heat of the battle. Take me to the sideline, but prop me up. I don't want anybody to know that I'm wounded. I'm gonna fake it till I make it. We're just gonna try to keep going on, amen. And there went out, however, there went out a proclamation of the host of the going down of the sun, every man to his city and every man to his country. They were saying, go home, everybody go home. Amen, the king died. The king is dead, you can go home. Amen, and they went to bury the king in Samaria and they washed out his chariot at the pool of Siloam and the Bible says that the dogs, the dogs licked the blood of the king out of his chariot. Amen. A moment ago, he was saying, you put this man in prison and you silence him and everybody watch. I'm gonna come home in peace. But God said, no, I've got a man that said it's not so. I got a man said this is not how it's gonna end. I got a man that said if you come back in peace and I'm a false prophet, I say today, Lord, give us that voice of one, somebody that will stand up and just preach to me the unadulterated gospel. Amen. Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. A doctor would not be your friend that knows you're dying but pats you on the back and said everything's going to be all right. An attorney would not really be your advocate if they stood with you in a courtroom knowing that you're fixing to be flushed down the toilet and they tell you all is well, all is well. And I'm gonna tell you by the same token that there's not a pastor or a preacher anywhere that's your friend that won't stand in the pulpit and just preach to us the word of God. I'm not talking about preaching with hatred. I'm not talking about preaching with a bad or a mean spirit. Amen, I'm not talking about being abusive and taking advantage of things or people. Amen, but I'm gonna tell you that we need that pure word of God. Amen, just preach to me the truth. Hallelujah. I'm gonna tell you something. You need a pastor. I'm not feathering my own nest, but we all need a voice in our life that has veto power. Somebody that can say, I don't think this is what you ought to do. I don't feel good about this. And that just pulls the plug on everything else we got going on in our life. Why? Amen. Because the devil is still putting lying spirits in the mouths of others. And if you won't 
somebody to tell you what you want to hear. You just keep knocking on enough doors and after a while somebody will open the door and they'll tell you what you want to hear. Amen. You rattle hard enough and after a while somebody will say what you want to hear. I say, Lord God, amen, I don't want to keep checking doors. I don't want to keep kicking doors. Amen. I need somebody to just tell me the truth. Amen. Pray. Get an answer from God. Amen. Let heaven come down. Let glory fill our soul. Let heaven speak. Let heaven speak. The voice, the voice of one, the voice of one, the voice of one. I'll ask you to stand. Our musician, please come. Amen. The archer drew his bow at random adventure. But that nameless, faceless man in the crowd became God's appointed man in God's appointed hour. Brother Osborne, you were right. He was in the right place at the right time. God's arrows never miss their mark. There are many ways that we can disguise ourselves with the hope of somehow we're going to escape the judgment of God. But I want to tell you what is really true because it's God's work. Sin will find you out. Be sure. Be sure. Your sin will find you out. I remember I remember probably uh, 35 years ago maybe. There was a pastor preaching in our home church. He told this story. It was kind of humorous. But there's a lot of truth to it. He said one Friday night, he felt like the Lord just prompted him to go get in his vehicle. He started riding around town. He rode by a place. It doesn't matter what the place was, but he rode by a place and he saw some vehicles there of some young people in the church. They were where they shouldn't have been. So he didn't go in and get them. He just left a note under their windshield wiper with that scripture. Be sure your sins will find you out. And he signed his name. That was a long trip home, don't you think? I'd say there's a lot of finger pointing. That was your idea. I tried to tell you. Well, I suspect that the Lord's left more than his fair share of notes under our windshield wiper. Be sure. Be sure. Sin will find you out. Because the, the veneer of religion will never hide from God an unbelieving heart. Samuel, 1 Samuel 16. Samuel said, man looketh on the outward appearance, but God knows what's in our heart. We can dress ourselves up on Sundays and we can dress ourselves up on Wednesdays and any other time we may be in the house of the Lord. But God sees what's here. And his word is not going to return void. Amen. So when Ahab was hit, he told his chariot driver, he said, turn back, get me out of here, I'm wounded. That verse 35 propped up watching from the sidelines because you see God was going to let him see that prophecy unfolded. And while his chariot filled with blood he realized, I'm not coming home in peace. And those 400 prophets, they really were talking with a lying tongue. And Micaiah, though his knees were knocking to begin with, he really was telling the truth. 
And you see, I don't want to find out when I'm under hospice care that the preacher was right. I don't want to find out when my family's all gathered around a bed that somebody was really telling me the truth all along. I want to go ahead and open my arms and accept that right now. Amen. I want to accept that right now. And so I, I suppose there is a bottom line to this story and, and that is this, that God really, when Micaiah came into the presence of Ahab, now, Ahab, I'm just telling you, if you want some homework, just read about the life of Ahab. He was a very weak man. Very, very weak man. And he brought Micaiah to his presence. And he said, are these prophets telling the truth? And he said, yes, they're telling the truth. But he knew. He knew that wasn't. And he said, are you sure you're telling me the truth? And that's when it all changed. And Micaiah started telling him the truth. So I'm going to use maybe an odd word here. But God gave Ahab a chance to be undeceived. Right there. Right there. God gave him an opportunity to, for the scales to come off your eyes. I'm reaching for you. Mercy, name Micaiah was standing in front of you. I wonder if he thought about that when he was leaned up in that chariot. Blood was draining out. He hear the voice of Micaiah saying, don't do this. This is not going to end well. This is not going to end well. He sent Micaiah, I'm going to lock you up. I'm going to hide the truth. I'm going to put truth away. I'm going to put it far from me. But in that one act of mercy, Ahab was granted two gifts God exposed to him the lie of the false prophets and God gave him full access to the whole truth. And he stood. It's decision time. And it's decision time for many people and maybe some even in this building today. Decision time. In the end, however, it didn't matter because Ahab did what Ahab always does. He just followed his own ambitions. And so the narrative clearly demonstrates that just living religiously, and Brother Osborne touched on this this morning. It's not just knowing the truth. You've got to have a passion for the truth. It's not just knowing what to do. You've got to do what you know to do. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 10, because they receive not a love for the truth, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth. Every word of God is pure and unfailing. And so Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews just asked this question that is so filled, reverberating through the ages of time. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Amen. So I'll say again, you may be the only one truly serving God on your job. You may be the only one serving God in your family, in your school, and the list could go on and on and on and on. But God trusted you with that position to be the voice of one. A Micaiah that would step into that intimidating, weighty presence of 400 prophets that were mocking him and glaring. All of them with their tents and their wares. And you got Zedekiah running around with horns saying, these are going to gore the king of Syria till there's nothing left. 
And yes, sometimes we do crumble. And yes, we do break under the pressure. Can I just get a show in the hands of people that probably missed opportunities and chances because we just let the circumstances. Yeah, yeah, we let, we let the circumstances just quiet us. And we let the situation mute us. We let that opportunity just pass by us because we didn't want to shake anything up. But I wonder when we do that, if Ahab standing there doesn't really know better. Doesn't really know better. My Lord, I feel conviction in the air. I've missed opportunities. You've missed opportunities. But I don't want that to happen again. And so I'm going to say, Lord, if you'll just give us another at-bat. If you just let me go back to the plate one more time, just give me one more opportunity. I'll be the voice of one. Would you, would you make that commitment today? Amen. If you want to step out of your seat and come down to the front, if you want to stand where you are, would you make that commitment? I'll be the voice of one. I will tell you this. If, you'll, if you will commit to be the voice of one, you won't always be the only one. God will put somebody in your path. God will put somebody in your path. Oh, I love you. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.